He's going for the corner. He's got it. Morning space. Burst of speed. He's still going. An answering prayer. The kids are playing their tail off, and the coaches are screwing it up. Let's go roll the boats. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. Our football team was like the kid that plays second French horn in the school band. We've got to play better. I'm not going to, so quit asking. Lobs it in the air. Oh, what a catch. Go Tigers. The ball's up in the air. Caught. Touchdown. Incredible. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the CFP 100, where we recap all the top college football action and get you ready for I guess the bowl games or the Heisman Trophy ceremony, but we finally know who the final four is. We're going to break it down, plus a little uh, CFP award action here from our end. How about her? So Anthony's here. Hudson's here. I'm here. Guys, what's going on? Gentlemen, what's up? Is this our last podcast? Do I, am I supposed to be sad for this? Am I going to be sad about this? No, this ain't our last podcast. We got two, two or three more, I think. All right, good, good, for good. 2021? This is just for like a regular season recap kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yep. I love it. Yeah. And how I just want to start off. Let, let's just get into it. Why are we so stupid by betting against Nick Saban when he's an underdog? You know what? Uh, the, the bright side is it's not just us. It was everyone. <laughs> I will never go against Nick Saban when he's a dog ever again. And that, that was the first time he was an underdog since 2015 which is unbelievable, seven straight years. And, yeah, Bama beats Georgia, killed them, like 41 to 24. And it wasn't – it was close in the first quarter. So, like, Georgia got off to a 10 nothing lead, and we're like, it was supposed to be Georgia suffocating Bama, and then Bama just went on a roll. And Bryce Young proved why he's going to be this year's Heisman winner. So what did you guys think of the game? Georgia found out what happens when you roll out a JV quarterback and you have to throw the ball. Stenson Bennett is not a JV quarterback, but continue. He showed he was. <laughs> he was like, Hudson's like waiting for me to say something. And, he, showed, and then, he showed he was on Saturday. The, the problem is. Well, he threw two it, picks. Well, yeah. Well, okay. So on both of his picks specifically, the first one in the red zone, if you watch that play, that's like one of those plays you see in the Madden playbook and you never run it because it takes way too long to develop. And you shouldn't run it in real life unless you're up by 38. Because it was like a, I believe it was a, a play action to the left side where he rolls around to the right when he should, he puts his back to the defender, the, to the defense, and then he throws it where he thinks his, his uh, tight end is going to be. That's, that's not, Alabama is not who you run that play against. So while that was a bad pass, I won't put that on him. That's on the play caller. You got to know better than that. But his, I mean, the second pick, you read that, okay, everybody drop back into coverage. Nobody's open. Throw the ball away. Don't don't force it into coverage like that. But I mean, he threw eleven. He threw he, he attempted eleven passes all year in the fourth quarter. And I think he threw fourteen in the fourth quarter alone at, in the Alabama game. You just you you can't. You, it's unsustainable. You can't have that kind of practice per se during the season, and then try to just expect to just flip the switch in a big game like this. Go ahead, Wes. Take it. I was about to say. Is JT Daniels healthy, healthy? Like, what's the status on him? Because I felt like we were going to see JT Daniels halfway through the third quarter. We should have. I, I mean, I believe he's healthy. He's suited up. And as many times as Alabama has done to Georgia where they've been trailing in a game, brought in the backup quarterback, and then won the game, I felt like it was going to be a story written by itself when JT came in and let him here's, the half. Here's the difference between Kirby Smart and Nick Saban. Kirby Smart is too safe on his quarterbacks and doesn't change at all. That's why we saw Jake Fromm start over Justin Fields and Justin Fields yep. transfer over to Ohio State. Then we saw, an example today, Stenson Bennett play the whole game. We didn't see Justin or um, JT Daniels. The Alabama side of things, Nick Saban made a switch at halftime in the national championship game saying against Georgia – saying, you know what, Jalen Hurts is not getting it done. Let me put uh, freshman Tua Tagovailoa in there, and they end up winning the national championship. That's the difference. I think Georgia played absolutely great the first half of the ball game for the most part. They're winning 10-0 like, early in the second. I would say first quarter. Yeah. yeah. First quarter to the early second. And, uh, you know, 
there's that pass to whoever it was that ran, you know, Williamson. right into the yeah, what a Will, stunt. Williams. Williams ran right into the end zone, making it, you know, a touchdown for them. And, you know, both teams played great. They really, really did. But Alabama is just more strategic. I mean, even with that one play early on in the game where Georgia, uh, Georgia no, Alabama punted the ball, one of the good dudes ran all the way down there, caught it at like the three. Like, you just don't see that that often. You know, everyone tries to, to make that work, and you just don't see it. And there are a lot of good plays turned to the sideline for a good catch. But Georgia played just as well, too. And even running the ball, Georgia did pretty well. But, I mean, like you guys said, how could you bet against Nick Saban? It's just – and I never saw this coming. Maybe maybe they would win by three points, field goal, but I did not see this 42-21 or whatever it was score. The change of momentum was the second quarter when Bama put up 24 points. It, it almost seemed like once – Alabama knew that Georgia couldn't keep up with Williams. They were like, oh, okay. Every third play, we're just going to take a shot deep to Williams. because." Oh, yeah. that I was just saying that touchdown pass, that uh, yep. 55-yard touchdown pass. Thing of beauty. Yeah, and you know, I, Kerr Herbstreit made a good point. Um, you wonder how much the mentality played a factor in it because Alabama is going into that game playing for their life, right? Like they don't know if they're in. They they know if they win, they're in. But if they lose, I've they might not this, get in. Yeah. And Georgia's going into that game with. I mean, we lose. We'll be. We're still going to go to the playoff. I mean, what is debated? But I mean, there's a mentality of playing for your life versus. Well, this is another game. Win or lose, we're still good. Look, Alabama's quarterback Young played his heart out. I mean, he passed the ball as he was getting sacked. He ran a line of scrimmage did a little flea flicker type thing or like one of those, you know, balls to the side type of thing. But um, where was George's defense? Like that, that D line looked like they just quit. That's not what we're used to seeing. We're used to seeing them apply the pressure and they're aggressive and they're hungry and they're angry. It just seemed like there was no pressure to the quarterback really. And if there was, uh, Alabama was pretty much able to, uh, uh, Avoided every single time. Yeah, well, I don't know what Georgia's because that is the best offense they've faced all year, right? And passing offense for sure. Yeah. Well, what what offense is better than Alabama's offense that Ohio they State. played against? Oh, come on. Ohio well, State's I mean, offense like, is good though, but not against. I mean, you can't compare it in this situation. I mean, obviously they haven't played a quarterback or receivers that are athletes like Alabama. Yeah. And and that and that was the thing going in is that, that everyone was worried about can the DBs cover? Well, no DB can cover for eight seconds. So when they're not able to get a a pass rush, and I mean same with I mean you saw it in the Ohio State Michigan game when they were right. able to pressure Stroud, they made him they made him force bad throws or they sacked. Even him. when you saw it against the Auburn game with like the seven sacks that Auburn had. Yeah, and Georgia just decided to sit back and play coverage which is never a good idea. Now, it seems like Mechie is going to be out for their... Uh, yeah, he tore his ACL. Games. Yeah, so Williams is going to be the number one receiver heading forward for uh, Bryce Young. But Bryce Young, Heisman, correct? Yes? Um, the four guys going, yeah, I think he wins it. I think he wins it because it's a QB award. Yeah, I, don't yeah. think, I don't think he's the best player in college football. Agreed. I don't think so either. I don't think he's the best player on his team. Will Anderson? I think Will Anderson's a better football player than him, yes. Yeah. Well, it kind of sucks. I was hoping that uh, he would have a stinker against Georgia, Bryce Young, that is. And I had a 17-1 to ticket for Kenny Pickett to win the Heisman. And then Kenny what a Pickett move by him, too, against... over the weekend. Kenny Pickett balls out against Wake Forest, and I'm like, damn, that would have been nice because he uh, would have won. Do you, Wes, you remember uh, Joe, my strength coach? That we yeah, interviewed? Joe. I, I'm pretty sure that he coaches him. I'm almost Kenny certain. Kenny Pickett. Yeah, or uh, I'm pretty sure. Kenny Pickett sure is a New South Jersey. Jersey kid. But I'm pretty sure he used to go to Joe's gym. I think because huh. I think Joe definitely knows him because he posted like a picture of him with uh, with him. So. What a move, though, honestly. Like, he was going for a slide, and then he just completely faked them out. Just See, that, that's a defensive oh, guy. A that's bullshit. I think, I'm a quarterback, and that's a garbage move. 
That shit. That's a completely garbage move. I mean, if you whatever it takes to get extra yards, no. man, move the ball down nope. the field. I'll take it. No, nope, because if a defender trips over his own feet and it lands on that quarterback's angle, he's getting flagged for 15 yards. They well, have look, to pull up. Either they way, have though, to pull up or they're going to get kicked out of the game. It's not either way. It's a garbage move. It sh- Listen, he did it once. That's fine. It cannot become a habit of players. Why if is I it a garbage move, though? I don't get it. I don't understand. Because the de- the defender linebacker in the corner like pulled up and wasn't going to hit Kenny Pickett because he was slide, and then Kenny Pickett kept running. I didn't think he fake slid. I think he – it is it's a genius, genius move by Kenny Pickett, but I don't think he did it on purpose. I think that was just a bit of a clumsy move, and it kind of just looked like a fake slide. Uh, no, he said it was a fa- – he said he was – he started to go like down. and looked like a fake slide, man. kept going. Oh, he did, he did it on purpose, and, and, he, and he owned it. I don't see. I mean, I, again, I'm not a quarterback by any means. I don't. The way I look at it as a coach is like you got us extra yards, and I'm happy about that. So here's how I look at it: If let's say he does slide, right? When he goes down for the slide, once you start to make that tackle as a defensive guy, it's so difficult to either pull up or like try to go and like move your body in a different angle to not hit him, right? Well, I would have hit him. Yeah. Just okay. Hit sure, him or yeah. slide I mean, or jump. I mean. I, but if you're already going down him. for a tackle, you yeah. can't jump. Like physics well, don't yeah, allow you to do that. Down. And so instead of like when when a, it, the defensive players have had to learn when the quarterback's going down, you can't touch him. So the, yeah. there's two guys that are closing in on him. He they see him start to go down. They know that they continue to make the tackle him and continue to play football. They're gonna get flagged for it, possibly targeting and get ejected. So they both pull up, and it's before Kenny Pickett's early on the ground, and he sees it and he takes off. It's a garbage move. I, I don't like it when quarterbacks try to go to the sideline and get an extra three yards by faking going out of bounds. I think that's garbage. <laughs> I hate when, when quarterbacks do like a fake knee or they like snap the ball and then like and then they take a st- like a couple steps forward. No, just just take the knee. Because you're I mean, because the expectation because the expectation of the defense is they're gonna just let the play happen. They're gonna let him slide, they're gonna let him take the knee, and everybody gets all pissy when defenders don't do that. You can't you can't have it both ways. I mean, you can look at it too as like risk versus reward. Like, do you, I mean, you said it. I'll agree with you. Do you really need to run the sideline for an extra two yards and take that chance of getting a head-on hit, you know, concussion or a broken rib? Not really. You know, you can kind of just run out of bounds, and unless you're you have that like warrior mindset, right? Where some of these teams they they ingrain that into their players, like at Ohio State or. Alabama, where it's like just risk it all, kind of. I feel like I mean, you want to be smart, but oh, well, Ohio State doesn't know, risk diff- it all, but we'll see. Oh, yeah, buddy, is that right? See, okay, so if I was the linebacker for Wake Forest, <laughs> I would have hit him because uh, it takes me like five yards to slow down. I think so there should be co- some kind of like some <laughs> some kind of like uh, even you know, ground, right? Like yeah, 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 like a balance between like if you do this, he could hit you. You know, sure. I, I agree, but the balance isn't I don't there. Know what that would be. All right, let's get into the rest of the championship uh, Saturday. Uh, we had Pitt win the ACC. We had Baylor win the Big 12 championship game on a miraculous finish. Uh, Michigan absolutely clowned Iowa, uh, 42-3. Cincinnati dominated Houston, 35-20. to Both of those teams are going to the college football playoff along with Georgia and Bama. And uh, Utah clowned Oregon again. I was kind of shocked on this, but... Yeah, maybe Utah is legit ever since they started playing Cameron Rising. They have one loss when he started. I, I don't know who it was to, but Hudson, do you know State. who it was to? I believe they lost to Oregon State. Oregon State? Just like an yep. upset pick. This Oregon team State. probably would have been like the top, a top 10 team in the country if they didn't have like three early losses or two early losses. Yeah, I I, I mean, they're, they're lost at BYU. I think they lose... It was a close game. I mean, their their three their two losses before were to ranked teams. Right. I don't think San Diego State's ranked anymore. But I mean, BYU and San Diego State both on the road. Which, by the way, the true San Diego State showed up on. Yeah, I know they they really let me down. What do you think about the Oregon Ducks here? (sighs) Disappointing. Really, 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 really disappointing. I mean, I know what kind of team this is. And I think it really, again, I've said this once, I'll say it twice, goes back to like a maturity thing. Um, I don't know, dude. Utah played great. There's no doubt. But like, if you're going to lose these games, lose them by a point. 
losing by three points. You cannot be getting blown out. I think it's just one of those things where, like, Utah comes out real early. They hit him really hard, and then the team shuts down. I think that's where, again, that mental toughness, maturity part comes in where it's like, look, you got to realize, okay, yeah, they're a good team, but you have to stay on your ground. You know, you came, you trained for this game. You prepared for this game. You came to this game. You're in the stadium right now. You got your helmets on. You're ready to play, and you're not going to give 100%. If you are hurt or you're sick or if there's something going on, I understand. But if you're completely healthy and you're out on that field, if you are not giving 100% plus more, just get off the field, go to the bench, and that's it for the rest of the night. Because I'd rather take somebody else who is a second, third stringer and put them out there. It's going to work. Because it's ridiculous, dude. Like, you can't make tackles, falling over the field, and we're giving up We're giving up a place. It just can't happen. It just cannot happen. So it was disappointing to see that. But good for Utah. They really, they really played very well. Yeah, other uh, notable games, UTSA won the Conference USA Championship against Western Kentucky. And ba- Dude, this Bailey Zappi kid for Western Kentucky is un- unreal. Like that QB from there. He was just absolutely slinging the ball all over the place. It was I was editing that game, and I was like, dude, this game is going insane. Like, it, it was absolutely – it was 43-13 to 13 in the third or fourth quarter, and then all of a sudden, like – Five straight touchdowns by Western Kentucky. And I'm like, uh-oh, they're going to win the game here. So uh, what were your impressions of championship Saturday, Hudson? I I was impressed with, with – I don't know if I was more impressed with Baylor's defense or more disappointed in Oklahoma State's offense. And now that I think about it, I think it's probably more disappointed in Oklahoma State's offense. The, the um, red zone offense. Yes, yeah, seven, eight straight plays – Eight plays from the one yard line that got you zero points. That's uh that's not a winning formula. And what, yeah. What's crazy is like I think he would have gotten in the end zone if he was just like cut it back and went straight oh, yep. at him. If he if he had just lowered his shoulder into that guy and gone instead of trying to go to the pylon, I think he scores as well. But that's nitpicking like the result. Like sure, I, I felt yeah. like he made the right move, but like he didn't expect that DB to be that fast. But even from the <laughs> play calling, like for, especially for that last that last one, the play on first, uh, yeah, first and second down was the exact same play, and then the third down was a pass. But it's like, okay, why why are we running the same play? Not only it was a pass, it was a pass to a defensive lineman, like a tackle. Yeah, it, <laughs> Oklahoma State can't have nice things, and I'm not upset about it. But I tell Which you, kind of sucks because I, I was kind of rooting for Mike Gundy to at least like have a chance at the playoff. See, but even, Hudson, even I love your. I love your they can't have nice things comment. <laughs> they can't, and it's great. So funny. Um, I can't even keep a defensive coordinator on staff. Uh, <laughs> I was also really – I mean, oh, well, sorry, last thing about Oklahoma State. Even if they win that game, I, I don't think it's enough to jump Cincinnati or Georgia. So I don't think they make the playoff anyway. I think they're just upset. Right, the Bama, the Bama victory like kind of screwed everything up. But like, yeah. if Bama would have lost – Oh, yeah, it's definitely a situation where you kind of pissed it away, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll tell you what I was really impressed with is that is Michigan's offense. And uh, Iowa has a good defense. Their offense is abysmal, and I can't watch it. But their defense is good. And Michigan just said, no, it's not, and put up 42 big ones. Uh, I believe they kept Iowa from scoring. Yeah, Iowa scored the fewest points in that game and allowed the most points. It was in the first quarter. I think it was on like the opening drive, and that was it. Yeah, it was. It was a really good showing by Michigan. <laughs> I think. I think them getting Georgia in the first round is a rough pull for them. Uh, but we'll get into that. Yeah, let's actually get into that now. So the the rankings came out, and I don't think anyone watched because it was pretty obvious who the teams were going to be. So Alabama won, Michigan two. Georgia's three, Cincinnati's four. So the semifinals would be Alabama versus Cincinnati, which that is 13 and a half over to Bama right now. And Michigan versus uh, Georgia. And right now, Georgia's favored by, I think it was seven points. Last time I checked, it was at seven and a half. Might have went down a point or two. ESPN still has it seven and a half. I think it's going to be, we have a really good shot at getting Michigan and Cincinnati. Like, call me crazy, but. Cincinnati's defense, like, well, and that's that's the thing. Like, okay, so people are upset. I 
people are upset because no one wants to watch Georgia and Alabama play for a national title again. And I get that. I think I'm in that boat as well. But if the SEC, if if they're not the best teams, then they won't, right? Yeah. One through four is correct. Uh, I think you could have Alabama at two at one, or I think you could flip flop Alabama, Michigan, and it would be fine. See, I think it's the the correct um, ranking. Alabama has to be the number one team after beating Georgia like that. Yeah, but I, if you if you look at at the whole season as a whole and not just the, the past weekend, because Michigan also manhandled the number thirteen team in the country. That wasn't some unranked team. I mean, they beat a good team by a lot. And if you look at Michigan throughout the whole season, I mean, they're one horribly officiated play away from being undefeated. If that touchdown doesn't come off the board, and we've talked about this multiple times, right? Odd that touchdown would come off the board against Michigan State. They win that game. And then they're 13-0, right. and, and they're definitely the number one seed. And so I'm fine with Alabama at the number one seed. I get it. But I think it's much, I think it's much closer than a lot of people assume that it should be. Mm-hmm. So then what do you what do you want to think about the Michigan and Georgia game? You think Georgia's going to take care of them then? Georgia's weak spot on – well, Georgia's strength, their defense, is, is run defense, right? I think we can agree with that. And Michigan is going to run the ball to open up the pass. And so I think it'll 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 just be one in the trenches of if Michigan can establish the run, and Haskins can get four or five yards of carry, then I think well, Michigan will control the game. Because if if Michigan goes up by two scores, I don't think Georgia with Stenson Bennett has the offensive firepower to to be able to come back from that. Well, here's this, the thing. This that, must, I was this just crazy. Like, Go ahead, and, Wes. Go ahead. Yeah. What's what sucks is that, you know, if the game was happening this weekend, like all momentum towards Michigan, Michigan has been blowing out teams in Georgia, has been kind of just, you know, skating on the path to where yeah. the month break actually favors Georgia because then they can kind of recoup from the loss and then, you know, injuries catch up with them, uh, getting guys healthy, like a hundred percent healthy. And Kirby Smart can actually get his head straight. Or if they were playing this weekend, I think Michigan wins easy. I'm still picking Michigan in the game, but that's just a factor that I would take. Go ahead, Ant. I was going to say, do you think it's better to be that 11-0 team and then lose your last game? Or do you think it's better to kind of um, like kind of skate by all season and then win the big game? If that makes sense, right? I never like, think it's good to lose. What's that? At any point. I think it's bad to lose at any no, point. No, it's never it's good to lose. lose. And it's bad no to doubt. lose the last, the last game for sure. It's better to lose the last game or not better? No, it is not better to lose the last game. Okay. Because I, I think just, if you're gonna, I'm looking. I think if you're gonna lose, like it has to be early on, because then you can correct yep. your mistakes and have all yep. the momentum mm-hmm. going in. Because like I'm looking at Michigan standing in at you know twelve and one, like you have almost every single team that's in this top 25 or in this top 25 right now that's has one loss handed to you, handed to them we have not seen that in like years do that so this makes such a great year for college football the only one that's undefeated right now is cincinnati and again they haven't played anybody you know spectacular besides notre dame for the most part um but when you look at a team like michigan or even Alabama, but even taking Michigan where they won their games, you know, they they played pretty played really solid against some teams and they barely beat others like Rutgers. Or they beat them by a touchdown or they beat Nebraska by three points where it's like not too too uh, impressive. But then they go to Ohio's, you know, Ohio State comes in, they just destroy them. So I think what I'm trying to get at is how do you rank these teams really? Do you rank Cincinnati at one? Because we were agreeing, we were talking to you, like, does Alabama really deserve to be at that top spot just because they beat the undefeated Bulldogs and now they're 12 and one as well? You know, like, is it fair to put Michigan at two just because they beat Ohio State? Like, what else have they done really? Won the big there's, a, there's a lot of, <laughs> yeah, there's they, a won, lot of yeah, they won the Big Ten and pounded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Iowa. but there's a, lot of, there's a lot of argument for it though, you know, so, just, I guess the way you look at it. To historically answer your question, since the beginning of the BCS, only three teams have lost on conference championship weekend, 
and gone to the playoff or went to the BCS championship. It was uh, Georgia this year, Notre Dame last year, who we know did not win anything. And 2003, Oklahoma uh, was ranked number one, lost to Kansas State in the Big 12 championship, 35 to seven, stayed at number one, and then lost to LSU, coached by Nick Saban in the Sugar Bowl, 21-14. So I would say it's bad. I would say it is not good. I just don't because the whole Stenson Bennett thing, because Michigan's defense is going to come to play. Yep. Harbaugh's going to get those guys fired up and everything. And you could say a lot about like slowing down Haskins, but I think you got to slow down Cronin too. Cronin was like explosive on one of those touchdown runs. Um, but to say also that, that halfback pass was kind of incredible too. Like uh, uh, Donovan Edwards absolutely got smoked on that play when he threw the ball. His first completed pass in his career and absolutely got railed by the defensive lineman. But um, still, like, when I look at Michigan and Georgia, I look at Michigan saying, you know, who's got better than us? Like the Jim Harbaugh mentality. And Jim Harbaugh's got this swagger right now to where I don't know if Kirby Smart's going to have that swagger. Yeah, I think I think Kirby will have him ready to play, especially because, I mean, they've been there. I mean, they've, in 2017, they, they won a semifinal game. They almost beat two in Alabama for a two high safety right. like idiots. Um, I think it'll be a really good game. I think the Georgia-Michigan game will be a close competitive semifinal. I don't think the other one will. Be. Oh, I think that a totally co- is going to be. I know we all want it to be. I don't think it will be. Oh, okay. Well, go ahead, Ant. As a coach, there's no worse feeling than being the top-ranked team, losing to a team, and then trying to figure out, oh, my God, where did we go wrong? Everything was working. How do we fix this? Can we fix this? And you don't have that much time to even do it because now who do we have <clears throat> for the bowl game? You got the the Cincinnati, uh, Cincinnati and Alabama, which is December 31st, so it's, we got some time. And then you also have Georgia and Michigan. 31st again same day so they have some time but I guess what I'm trying to say is um you know it like you guys were saying does does, uh Kirby Smart do you think he's gonna put it together you think he's gonna be able to beat Michigan they have to really look at Michigan and be like all right how were they in the beginning of the season like let's cut it quarters and quarters how were they the first three games how were they the next three how were they you know and look at what did they do to Ohio State in which they had success okay maybe it was a run game five touchdowns by the running back we got to shut the running game down we have to we got to do it early and we got to let up no points literally no points in the in the first quarter like you got to have some type of game plan and you also got to have a plan b so I think these are going to be great games, though, overall. But, uh, yeah, like going back to your, your point there about this Kirby Smart going to have them ready, like you honestly don't know. You really don't because it's it's tough to now figure out, all right, how we're so used to winning, so how are we going to shut this team out? Well, I think Luke Fickle is going to have the boys ready against Alabama. and Luke Fickle will. Yeah. He's a different type of mentality coach. He's more kind of like focused, like head on, like, Again, he was a Buckeye. It's just a different type of, you know, different type of mindset. And not saying that these other teams aren't good, but it's a different type of culture. Ohio mm -hmm. State is very, you know, super cutthroat, you know, win the game, play tough from A to B, you know, four to six. And I don't know how it really is at, you know, these other schools. One point I want to make, and then we can preview the college football playoff next week a little bit more, is that Alabama, Georgia, good corners, right? They're pretty damn good corners, but uh, they had tough time like guarding past eight seconds. Cincinnati's corners can, you know, pass coverage forever. They got NFL style corners, and their one guy, like he, he's going to be a top ten pick in the NFL draft. Like he is absolutely sensational. And the loss of Mechie might hurt them because Williams is going to be the number one option. I know it's Alabama; they get five stars all the time and stuff. But Williams is obviously Bryce Young's go-to guy in the deep pass. You take that away and just let the other stuff mingle around the front. 
And then Cincinnati, what they do is they have like a three, three, five stack. So like a three, three stack, three defensive linemen, three linebackers, and then a bunch of corners and DBs and stuff. But they like blitz package from left and right and put a lot of different types of pressure on the quarterback uh, to where you don't know where the blitz is coming from. And that could affect a, a freshman like Bryce Young that doesn't know where his simple uh, blitzes are coming from. And that'll be something he'll have to game plan for for about the next month and a half to where you're going to have to see, like, you know, what what kind of blitz are they going to be in this? Is this a disguise or whatever? Because it's more it's most likely like Luke Fickle's defense is an NFL style defense. So I'm curious to see it that way. And I think Desmond Ritter will put up a better performance against Alabama than people. You have to keep in mind, I think, too, that he is a uh, defensive guy. Luke Fickle was a defensive coordinator, I'm pretty sure, at Ohio State. Yeah. So you're 100% right about that. So uh, any last points, Hudson? And then we'll move on to our awards. No, I'm all, I think I'm all good. All right. We'll preview the games next week. Uh, Bryce Young is going to win the Heisman this week. Uh, you think it's going to be it should be uh, Will Anderson, right, Hudson? Uh, I mean, if you look at his stats, they're really good. And I know it's tough for a defensive guy to win the Heisman. Mm-hmm. I understand why. Um, but I mean, yeah, I, I think, you know, as a high, if you're going to win the Heisman, you got to have a big game on championship Sunday and Bryce Young did that. And so hats off to him, but I mean, they were game like the LSU and Auburn game. You can, like those, they were, he looked really bad. <laughs> he, he just, he just did. Yeah. And so, and like Kenneth Walker, not getting an invite kind of crazy. That was shocking mind. to me too. I mean, he had one bad game against Ohio State, and I don't think it's his fault. He got the ball five times. He's not calling plays. He's not putting personnel in there. He can't help that he got the ball six times in that game. Right, absolutely. But, but yeah, and 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 I think uh, the Michigan end, uh, Aiden, I think he's done really well. Aiden Hutchinson? Oh, man, yeah, dude. But if you look at his stats and at um, uh, Will Anderson's stats, I think Will gets the nod, but – I don't have a Heisman vote. AJ Hutchinson <clears throat> reminds me so much of the Bosa brothers. It's insane. I think he's you, better than you the guys, Bosa brothers. I wouldn't say that, but I I think he's oh, very I, similar. Hundred percent. I think he's the best pass rusher out of the t- out of the guys. Three. You have to keep in mind too that it's a different <laughs> it's different years as well. So it it, it is hard to compare. He's just making excuses so that way he gets his Ohio State street cred over in Michigan. It's true. One of our most uh, faithful listeners is a Boys, it's fan. five years it. later. <laughs> it is five the years game later. Changes, buddy. The game you know what doesn't what? what doesn't age? Game tape. Aiden Hutchinson's game tape, I think, is better than the Bosa's game tape. Just oh, saying. Right there, bud. Hey, buddy. Uh, let's go into uh, yeah. awards, right? <laughs> Let's do, let's dish out some awards because it is the end of the regular season. We got Army Navy this week to kind of cap it off, and then we're heading to bowl season next week. All right, so we're gonna one go thing by, too. He even yeah. wears number ninety seven, dude. He's trying to be way too much like the Bosa brothers. Just or day. maybe he's just trying to brand himself, and the Bosa brothers trying to be like him. Oh yeah, sure, buddy. Have been and... <laughs> the Bosa still wear ninety seven. I'm pretty sure they do. I know Nick does. Yeah, Joey definitely does. Joe, I feel like Joey's ninety nine though. He could be. I, I'm pretty sure though. Nick is. Uh, Nick is for sure ninety seven. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Joey is ninety seven as well. He uh, could have been ninety nine. I don't know if he like switched numbers. I don't know. Maybe he did. I don't know. All right, game of the year. We'll go by like one by one. I'll let Hudson start these. So Hudson, uh, give me your game of the year. All right. So I, I, I'm, I'm going to preface this. I wasn't being biased. I went through and looked back at a lot of games. Oh man! But you know I'm going to go with Bedlam. I mean that game was insane. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to go Red River for a second. No, no, no. Like, well, no, I was no. going to go with Red River because that was really that was one team took the lead, the other team came back. But, but Bedlam was. Take the lead, tie. Take the lead, tie. Take the lead, tie. Take the lead, tie. You saw a, you saw two muff punts. You saw a safety. You saw a, a couple interceptions. You saw a kickoff return for a touchdown. 
you, I mean, you had it all. You had bad calls. You had good calls. I mean, you had the whole gambit. That's what I would say is the, play, the game of the year. All right, fair enough. And your game of the year. I got to go Texas A&M over the number one ranked Alabama. I mean, Texas A&M wasn't yeah. even ranked. That's it, it, look, Two straight it, losses, too, coming into that game. Simply put, yeah, simply put, if Alabama can beat Georgia, the team that we thought was completely unstoppable this year, and Texas A&M beats that Bama team, there's no more to be said. It was a nutsy game, too. It was back and forth. Alabama took the lead in the fourth <coughs> quarter. Texas A&M came and tied it. They got a defensive the stop. They were trying to kick off for a touchdown. Yeah. And then game-winning field goal that led to one of the craziest Saturdays of all time in the sports world. So that was that was my game of the year, too. But uh, other candidates for me were um, NC State and uh, North Carolina. That game was insane if yep, you watched one. that one. That and then LSU-Texas A&M, another Texas A&M game. Oh, that, was a good one. that was a great one. All right, uh, most shocking team of the year, surprise team of the year. Surprise team of the year. Um, I had two. I didn't want to take anybody's, but I'll, I'll go with I'll go with this one. Uh, let's see. They were two and five last year. Two and five, and this year they're going to finish ten and two. And that is the Michigan State Spartans. For me, I hate to admit it, but it's that team up north, man. I mean, you who say ever thought that? They were going to go 12 and 1, sitting number two at the end of the season, just not beating Ohio State, but giving them a butt whooping. Who are you, yeah. talk, are you talking about, Oregon? They didn't go 12 and 1. No, no, that team up <laughs> north. He just want to say he, it is also my team of the year, too. It is Michigan. They, they oh, started the season. Michigan. Yeah. Wait, uh, let me search for Oklahoma. Uh, yeah, but not in there. By the way, you two got an interesting bowl game uh, in San Antonio, Oklahoma, and Oregon. I'm pretty yeah. sure it's – that out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, team of the year for me is definitely Michigan. Starting the season unranked, we didn't – we thought it was going to be typical Michigan fashion where they start, start off strong and then collapse at the end. But Jim Harbaugh got his boys r- rallied around him. All right, most disappointing hey, one, team. Hey, one quick uh... – one, a friend sent me a tweet that uh, Oregon versus Oklahoma is the uh, Papa went out for a pack of cigarettes bowl. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, maybe a bag of weed for Oregon. Uh, yeah. It's it's a, or daddy left us Oklahoma. Bowl. Yeah. All right. Miss most disappointing team. I sent you guys the top 25, like the preseason top 25 earlier. Holy goodness. There's a lot of changes in that, but most disappointing team. Uh, I I like I think to I'm say- gonna go Iowa State. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, that's okay. Go ahead. I, I think I'm gonna go Iowa State. They they started off eighth. They finished last year with a good bowl win. Bryce uh Breeze Hall and Brock Purdy came back. This was supposed to be their best team. And they went seven and five. Like they weren't even competitive in the Big Twelve. So yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go with Iowa State. I'm going Clemson. If you have Davos Sweeney, your head coach, that's won a national championship, we're not talking high school football here where you're handed players and you're like, okay, make do with what you have. You are recruiting the best. So if you're not winning your games when you're recruiting the best, you're getting the best of the best, we have an issue. And they just, they did not, going nine and three is not good. It's just not. Even if they went 10 and two, that's still not good for them. They need to be minimum one game loss for Davos Sweeney as head coach. Nine wins, not that bad. Not that bad. <laughs> a national champion football team, though. True, but still, like, down year for Clemson. I'll take nine wins. Hey, they get oh, to go to the Cheez It Bowl. I mean, come on. I don't think I, it's not acceptable. It's just not. It, like I said, if it was more intermediate school, Pee Wee, whatever, where you're just handed players and just make do with them, okay. But yeah. you're recruiting. Recruiting is a different game. You're you're getting some of the best of the best players, and I get it. The other schools are too, but at least it should be competitive. Right, like right. we should you know be having good games. You know what's really funny is my most disappointing team and your most disappointing team are going to play in a bowl game. That is fascinating. Uh, oh, the Cheez-It Bowl. Oh, Iowa State. Yeah, that's funny, isn't that? Interesting. Uh, I would. 
one of my disappointing teams is uh, I knew Florida wasn't going to be as good as everyone thought, but man, they six and six and almost losing the what was that team? Sanford. Yeah. Just ugly. And then Dan Bowling celebrating like, quick boot. Yeah. Big time. Uh, let's go with player of the year next. You guys is player of the player year. of the year. I'm gonna go player of the year at his position specifically because it's gonna because we know we've talked about like the Heisman candidates. We know those guys are good, but uh, for the brand out at uh, out, out in San Diego, he should be nominated for Heisman. This is my player of the year too. I mean, we had like 18 <laughs> 80 yard punts. It wasn't 18. Yes. It was like four or five. But my, I mean. He, he's a punter, and he's going to get drafted like in the fourth round. It's going to be incredible. Who is that? The punter from San Diego State. <laughs> Had uh, picking his name up right. Uh, Matt Ari- Ariaza. Ariaza. Ariza, I think. Ariza. I think Ariza? it's Ariza. I don't know yeah. Ariza, but he's I mean, incredible, though. Go yeah, on your just, point. Like I know it's 80 yard punts, but like, dude, the guy's got like an insane hang time. That's why San Diego State was able to win because of field position with this guy. Oh, well, if you got the weapons, you gotta use them. Exactly. I would draft that punter any day. Like if Al Davis was still alive, I bet you the Raiders would pick him like in the first round. <laughs> uh and your player of the year. Oh, dude, this is hard. I'm going to go Verone McKinley from Oregon. Six interceptions on the year. All-star player. <laughs> Did he I get first team Pac-12? <laughs> I literally can't pick this because, like, yes, it's you just can. impossible. It's like there's so many good players. They, they're good in their own their own realm, pretty much. Uh, uh, I mean, I'm going to be a little biased. I like Chris Olave. I mean whether he's at the top or not as far as receiving yards goes whatever i just like the way the kid plays and he's just he's just like stud on the field man just like makes he makes things happen all right well uh then who's your coach of the year which which let me guess which oregon or ohio state coach is gonna be is it gonna be ryan day (laughs) or is it gonna be uh mario cristobal who is now we didn't even mention is now the miami hurricanes coach yeah yeah. Uh, honestly, dude, I I am gonna go with the most surprising team of the year, and it's that team up north. Uh, for Jim Harbaugh to be able to pull up a huge win against Ohio State and bring his team to twelve and one to play Georgia in a uh, champion um, college football playoff. I mean, I, this is a guy who we thought was on the verge of getting fired. Honestly. Um, that I thought he was supposed to get fired because he was just so bad. Like every year, there was nothing happening. It was the same BS, and now finally it clicked. So I got to go with Jim Harbaugh, and um, I can't believe Michigan really. Uh, oh my god, did I just say that? That team up north uh, actually <laughs> believes in him. So it, it finally paid off. Every time we say that team up north, I'm going to like clip that sound bite and just place that one in there. Oh <laughs> no, please yeah. no, Michigan, Michigan, Michigan. Michigan. Should I play the fight Stop song it. or no? Because he is it. the coach of the year. I'll literally leave right now. He is the coach of the year. How can you yeah, deny I agree a there, season? I agree. I agree. I mean, I had to throw up every time about the whole Ohio State mess and stuff like that, and you would just blabber about how great Ohio State is. And I, I've had like five garbage cans next to me while recording these podcasts. So, like, at least I, I get a sweet little victory, even though it's Michigan. But Stop. yeah, Jim Harbaugh is the coach of the year. So I, I think he is as well. Uh, Luke Fickle actually won the award. I think that's that's a fair. fair I th- he was second. I think yeah, that's, hell yeah, he was definitely second. But uh, yeah. but I, I think you could go Mel Tucker because of how how far he brought Michigan State this year. But I'm not going to double up that way. I'm actually going to go with paid too. Yeah, he did get paid. I'm actually going to go with the other team that I could have used for my uh, surprise team of the year, and that's Wake Forest with Dave Clawson. Uh, they true. were four. They were four and five last year. And they have turned it around and went ten and two as well. Um, by, by the way, I cashed in that win total. They, the win total was at six. Oh yeah, sorry, ten and, and three. But, but yeah, I mean, Wake Forest won the feeder for a long time and didn't get a lot of respect. And and that's nope. that's fine. They're not a household name, but he did a really good job. And once they got into the top twenty-five, they never dropped out. So uh, I hope they beat the Texas A&M Aggies in their bowl game to stay in the top twenty-five. That's going to be tough. 
I think A&M looked, or uh, I think A&M will have more. Uh, I think A&M will have more opt-outs than Wake Forest does. Yeah, probably. You can even say Baylor's a surprise team too. Yeah, Dave Aranda's been doing a great job, and I hope Oregon hires him. Pitt. I mean, there's, there's Nardizzi a good amount. finally getting together. NC State, Houston, a little bit. I know. Yep. I know Louisiana. Billy Napier's got to deserve some credit as too. Like, yep, being like sure. the third coach or whatever. Um, so, and then also a disappointing team, Texas A&M. I thought they were going to be, uh, possibly contending for a national title. All right. I funniest moment. At the beginning of the year, when you texted me the, the, uh, that preseason top 25, you said, who's too high? I said A&M. Immediately at number six. Too high. You did. All right. Uh, funniest moment of the year. I don't have one, to be honest. I definitely have one. It is the Ohio State one. tuba player running out of the tunnel. Oh yeah, Wes, while you, you literally stole you stole that from me because that was going to be mine. Literally. Because as soon as that happened, it was all Oregon. <laughs> so the I'm tuba so honest with you guys. Game. I'm so honest with you guys on the spot, and you're not giving me anything. I'm literally saying that that team up north was the most surprising, best head coach, and then saying that Ohio State's band player there was the worst moment of the year not worst funniest funniest is a positive thing worst is close uh, it's pretty it's close it's, it's pretty <laughs> hilarious too all right the, uh, favorite the funny, so the only funny not so funny thing i can think of is uh oklahoma's kickers uh Rukic was on fire i mean he was hitting like 54 53 52 yard field goals and during the bye week he did like a a promo for a company in Norman and kicked a two pound burrito over the food truck. Right. It was a cool thing. After he kicked that burrito, that dude couldn't hit it between the uprights to save his life. I think he was perfect up to that point. And then he missed like four of his next uh, nine kicks or something, something stupid like that. It was funny. It was off. It was Un- not funny. unintended. Yeah. So no more kicking burritos. A, se- a, s- a close second, though, was when Jim Harbaugh's pants caught on fire on the Penn State sidelines. That was close. Oh, my God. Close second. I don't think he's worn khaki since then. Quit on I that. I could be wrong. But, like, hey, turning point, Jim Harbaugh's pants catching on fire. Because ever since that Penn State game, it's been all Michigan. All right, we love our little underdogs, but who's the favorite underdog of the year? Like, your favorite team besides your obvious ones. Underdog? You're both going to say Kansas, obviously, you mutts. I mean, of course. If you want honesty. Cash that win, cash that win total. I was uh, – here, let me let me look at this real quick. I think I'm going to go since uh, – no, not Cincinnati. That doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't count. Uh, I was going to say San Diego State is, is somebody that I kept uh, kind of following in the background. My team was Nevada. Yeah, you were a big Nevada guy. Who's coach left? Loved in Nevada. NFL. See ya. Well, yeah. I mean, like, Nevada, too. Carson Strong was, like, awesome. But I forget who they're, they're playing in their bowl game. It's a really good game, too. But, hey, if you want to talk about coach of the year, you can talk about the Northern Illinois coach, where that team did not win a single game last year, and now they're the MAC champions. That's true. That's true. I, uh, I, I, I like Tennessee. I, I bet on Tennessee six times this year and never lost. So what uh, is this for? This is just who your favorite team was. That uh, that was a bit of that's a, not that's, your that's, that's, that's not, not Oregon, Oregon or Ohio State, State for you. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I rode Tennessee pretty strong. I rode Michigan State pretty strong too. They kind of fell off, but uh, I kept cashing on Michigan. I just love oh, cashing yep. on Michigan. I went nine and one with Michigan. I felt I really mean, good about that. Besides Kansas, um, gotta I'm gonna. It is, it is, but I'm gonna take uh, Georgia as well because, man, even though they lost to Alabama, they played phenomenal this year, and they had Stenson Bennett, which is somebody that you know we, I didn't say, but you guys said that he's trash. I, mean, um, I didn't say he was trash. He was a JV quarterback. I JV didn't say anything about Stenson Bennett at all. But <laughs> that was beef between you two. West. Yeah, so Hudson, but. Yep. Uh, yeah, I mean, unbelievable performance, although they have one loss. Now, if 
they had one loss handed them. The rest of the top five teams there had none. Then I probably wouldn't pick them, but it's a pretty level playing field, so I'm definitely going to go Georgia as well. I've, I forgot Along about this like, disappointing, disappointing team. I forgot about Texas. Well, I knew it was the first uh, I year like, about – I didn't uh, want to go there because I felt like I, uh, I was a little biased throughout the whole thing. But, yeah, Texas is, was a huge disappointment. But, like, first year under a new coach, I kind of understand there's going to be some tradition um, tradition shaking up there and, like, some things shaking. But, like, the biggest upset of the year to me is Kansas beating Texas. That cashed my win total, right? Kansas, baby. You cannot yeah. doubt them. Yeah, you can't. See, Texas went 7-3 and three last year. And then they turn around and go 5-7. and seven. Yeah, but that was with a lot of seniors, too. You can't do that, it, it, especially when you bring in Steve Sarkeesian, who's this – Offensive guru because he was an, an a good offensive play caller at Alabama with five star athletes, which I think I could be a pretty good offensive play caller with five star athletes. All right, last award, and it's gonna it's gonna seem like it's a little uh, pat myself on the back award. It is. The upset king because our upset picks. I ended up winning the standings outright. I went nine and eight against the spread with seven outright wins. I. November has been a really good month for me. And I really should have won that Nebraska one. I would have had um, eight outright wins, but I'll take whatever it is. Uh, Hudson was in second with seven and six against the spread with five outright wins. And Ant is seven and eight against the spread with five outright wins. So those those are our upset standings. Uh, I, I should get like something oh, sort of so, like. So you won because you took more, but I had a better winning percentage. But I won more. Out, I had more outright wins. But if you're covering the spread, doesn't matter if they win, baby. Well, we're, if you do the spread, we're still like a unit up. Uh huh. All right, that's fine. Pat yourself on the back. Oh, I host this podcast. Okay. But I have seven outright wins, so like you, know, you had right. five. <laughs> I host right. this podcast. <laughs> yeah, sure. you know what? I'm no good either. I'm no good. I'm seven and nine. Forget yeah, you this are. guy. Hey, bowl week next week. Come, come by. We're going to pick all the bowl games. All right. So stop by next week. Thank you for listening to the show. That was Anthony. That was Hudson. I'm West. We'll see you next week for bowl mania. All right. That's the show. We're out of here.